This is episode 50, that's 5-0, of Cheeseheads in Chicagoland on episode 50. We're talking about the Packers' 34-27 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles all the way back last Thursday night. Hey. Hey. What's up? Hey. Hi. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. It's the name of the podcast, which is the podcast, which is the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers. Is this I. a podcast? Is it a podcast? <laughs> well, it's it's like a radio show that you can listen to anytime. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I think that would make it a podcast. Yes. It's, it's a thing that you can download onto your phone. And this is the best one about uh-huh. the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. There are other ones about the Green Bay Packers, but they're bad. Are there other ones? I think this is the only <laughs> podcast about the Green Bay Packers, which makes it also the best one. This is Cheeseheads in Chicagoland, the only podcast about the Green Bay Packers that exists. <laughs> it's the only podcast, actually. <laughs> There's no other podcast. There's no other this podcast. This is the only one. This is Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. We invented podcasting. And then we monopolized the market. <laughs> My name is Michael Alexander Grambell Fleischman. <laughs> I'm joined in his beautiful college estate by Matt Mellumsetter. Howdy, Matt. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Uh, pretty good. Any day now, we're going to get the royalty checks for inventing podcasts yeah. and still being the only one. Hey, someday, it'll come in and we'll be able to buy ourselves a nice new Toyota Camry. But until that day, uh, you know what? We'll just, we'll just make episode 50 and then 51 and then 52 and so on. Sounds good. And... Of course, the only podcast topic worthy to- worthy of being discussed by anyone is the Green Bay Packers, the best football team ever to exist for any reason, despite what anyone says. Um, Correct. Yes, and we're, we're here to talk about... <laughs> There's no other football team. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, the, the entire NFL is just the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what anyone else watches <laughs> on Sundays. Only the Green Bay Packers. Or Thursdays. Uh, this... Thursday's game, every Thursday game is a flaming pile of trash. It's, it's a shit show every Thursday. And it's terrible. This Thursday's game was a flaming pile of trash, just like every other Thursday game. Uh, the Packers were coming in off of a hot three and zero start over you know a couple of division rivals. Uh, they had beaten everything was was not clicking, but the defense had been strong. The offense had been a work in progress, and Philadelphia comes in and. Immediately, everyone on both teams gets injured. Yes, because you go from a, a relatively healthy squad to really after the first play from scrimmage, a a broken Green Bay Packer team. Yeah. and again, they've got to get rid of Thursday games before we do anything. I think it's just so important to realize that you know I'm I'm an NFL fan. And I want the league to like be sensible, but also be successful and. I uh, get rid of Thursday games. Yeah, I don't need them because no. it's really clear what it's doing to athletes. Yeah, football is a game that you need as many days as possible between games to rest up and recover. And you know, putting it on Thursday, it not only does it limit the ability of teams to game plan and prepare and practice and get ready, uh, but you know, like in the week building up to this game, the Green Bay Packers didn't have a real practice. Every single day was spent. All right, we just need to get guys healthy. 
because we know we're going in on a short week of rest. We don't have time for any of that. We need to get guys healthy. And every time you play on Thursday, you're going to come out with a bunch of injuries because guys were not able to get fully healthy. We're not able to get their bodies right. And uh, we saw that last week, Thursday. Well, and Thursday also exposes any weaknesses that you might have from injury already. Yeah. We're going to talk about this in the context of the Packer running uh, defense mm-hmm. in that they're without Montrevious Adams, which leaves them already short on what is a pretty short rotation of defensive linemen as it is. Mm-hmm. Packers are really willing to go Clark, Adams, Lowry, Lancaster. That's four guys in a 3-4 defense. And being unable to do that, the Eagles and their game plan very wisely decided to just run the ball downhill at the Packers they're built to do that as it is because they very smartly acquired Jordan Howard from the idiot Bears yeah last season or in the offseason or whenever I, I don't remember or care but they're built to run the ball harder in the third and fourth quarter than they were in the first quarter and just really took advantage of a, a Packers team that was just exhausted yeah and put up a bunch of points throughout the game uh, for the Packers side, you put up 27 points and lose at home to the Eagles. You're still pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not a sky is falling kind of loss. The Eagles had a good game plan, and for as much as you know, I'm aligned them because I just think that they're kind of a silly like mid-level team. That again, I think they should have kept Nick Foles. Yeah, the guy who literally led the team to a Super Bowl <laughs> as as their quarterback. And they didn't do that, so I make fun of them there. But uh, a tough team, and they came out and did. They were playing at full intensity on Thursday night, and that's like, that's a credit to their effort. But it also pretty clearly showed you from Green Bay's first offensive play from scrimmage onwards that full intensity on a Thursday night is not the same full intensity that you get on a Sunday. Yeah, and it's a dangerous, dangerous way to play the game. Yeah, it's it's. You know, coming coming off that short week, it's just rough. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw a lot of guys get injured in a multitude of ways. You know, whether it was whether it was you know dirty plays or late hits or what seemed like uh, just not being ready to go type injuries, or I think what happens most of the time on Thursdays, which is not having time to get your body right after a Sunday game, playing on a an injury and then re-injuring it, re-aggravating it, uh, extending that injury in some way. Yeah, for the Eagles, they punt on their first possession. Green Bay gets it, and on the first play from scrimmage, uh, Jamal Williams uh, takes a short pass, and he's bottled up by Bradham at the line of scrimmage. And then uh, coming in to, uh, to, to finish the playoff, put that in air quotes, is Barnett for the Eagles, and he just smacks him helmet to helmet after the whistle. Yeah. And plays over. Knocks Williams out cold they take him off on a stretcher plays entirely over before that happens Uh, an unnecessary roughness penalty but for Barnett and foreshadowing for our post-break discussion about Vontez Perfect for Barnett there's no fine there's no suspension there's no further thing and you know again this is this is a situation where you cannot convince me that the NFL cares about player safety because if they cared about player safety, Barnett would be looking at least a four-game suspension, if, yeah. not, if not a major fine to go along with it, because that's exactly the kind of play that 
any a league that cares about player safety eliminates and like even the NCAA, which sucks in so many ways, yeah. takes steps to eliminate exactly this kind of behavior. Yeah, you know, it's it's crazy that you know the NCAA, which is by no means a model uh, uh, corporation. What the what is the NCAA? What do we consider the NCAA as a, a legislating body? A kleptocracy? Sure, that. Um, <laughs> You know, even the NCAA takes strides with, you know, their targeting rule and automatic ejections and stuff like that. Nothing happened here, you know? Like, Vontez Burflick gets ejected and suspended. Uh, we'll talk more about that later, but Vontez Burflick has a kind of similar hit, gets ejected after that gets suspended. Um, nothing for Barnett. Not a, just a penalty, no ejection, no, in, on a much worse hit. Yeah, I felt for sure that an ejection had to be coming, but no, uh, no such luck. And it brings out the the sort of gut wrenching feeling of as soon as first play from scrimmage, the Eagles cheap shot. Yeah, they knock a guy out, um, and it, it, the reaction is pretty subdued from their side. Uh, Barnett's still talking after that. His teammates yeah. are clapping him on the back, like it's that kind of gut wrenching thing of like, well, they're they're ready to come out here and and uh, throw some. <laughs> throw some helmets around clearly yeah. which is you know great here we go um and and barnett it, he it almost happened again later to Devonte adams mm-hmm. um but Devonte adams was saved because one of the eagles ripped his face mask back um there's a play where barnett's coming up the field to tackle Devonte adams in space and adams gets tackled from behind face max gets pulled back and pulls his head like this uh pulls his head back towards his sho- his right shoulder barnett comes over the left shoulder and hits the top of the shoulder, misses the helmet, led with his head the whole time. Yep. If Devontae Adams did not get his face mask ripped away by a kind and caring Eagles player who saw Derek Barnett bearing yep. down on him, about to knock him out as well. Um, by my count, there were four egregious cheap shots or cheap plays by yeah. the Eagles in the game. And again, it's Thursday night, and the players just aren't like physically ready to go. And I playing at full speed when you're not ready to go and you're not fully healthy and you're not not ready for the game is something that will contribute to that because yeah. it means that you're playing full speed and out of control as opposed to full speed and in control. Yep. Um, so I don't want to come on this podcast and just go on record and be like, the Eagles play dirty, which they did in this game, but I don't I don't really know that it's a matter of intention. I think it's it's a consequence. It's a systemic consequence. And stay tuned for more talk about systemic consequences later. It's a systemic consequence of what you get when you make these guys play on four days rest. Yeah. Coming into a Thursday night game. It's absolutely ridiculous. Packers do get the touchdown on that drive. They end up taking it 89 yards. And the uh, big play on this one is a deep throw to Devontae Adams. It's a beautiful one. Uh, Devontae Adams was matched up a lot against Devontae Maddox. Yeah. Who is toast. Yeah. He got burned alive uh in this game Devontae Adams like 10 catches for 180 yards yep. I think a career high in yardage for Adams um and he didn't even really finish the game um so you know yeah, that could have been even more S- still held without a touchdown catch this year um but that throw from Rodgers to Devontae Adams um for 58 yards on the right side I did enjoy. There's one of the highlights of this game is watching Avante Maddox attempt to cover Devontae yeah. Adams. Oh no, you don't have a chance. Avante Avante Maddox for all of for as bad as he was, he really 
was very smart in that he was terrified of the double move. Mm-hmm. And so he just played 10 yards yeah. back. Yep. He, he's... <laughs> Meaning that Devontae Adams passed that first deep play. Yeah. Couldn't make the double move on him yep. because he was already back there and yeah. just allowing anything within 15 yards of the line of scrimmage. Take the slant. Yeah. Take, take the little hitch. We don't yeah, want to take it. whatever it is you want underneath there. You're not getting me on the double move, uh, which is actually a fairly well considered uh, game plan there for a guy who was just thoroughly outmatched. They yeah. shouldn't have been out there in the first place. Uh, the touchdown comes on an Aaron Jones three yard run. It's seven nothing. Packers, the Eagles pick up a first down and then punt on the very next possession. Packers get a field goal on a 78-yard drive. And another uh, another, uh, a, another situation on this series of an offensive pass interference penalty. Mm-hmm. And this has been ridiculous. And this is something I was wrong about. I, my hot take at the end of last year's version of this podcast was that we were going to see less offensive pass interference because the league likes scoring. Yeah. And they don't like not scoring. Yeah. They, they scoring, really don't like that. Yeah. Points make everyone happier. It makes fantasy leagues happier. Everyone mm-hmm. loves it. I figured we were actually going to see things written into the rule book that would allow for uh, pick plays within five yards, that sort of thing. I thought that was going to be the future of the league. But the future of the league right now, at least, is, is a much stupider future than anyone can imagine, which, you know, if you take a look at what's happening in the world, you realize that that is, that is the it's way. It's outrageous. Yeah, that that's the, the way we live in 2019 <laughs> is that we've taken the stupider option at every turn. Yeah. So right now the We're stupid in... option in the NFL is to call offensive pass interference on everything Yeah. and then let the coaches challenge it, take a look at it, and decline to overturn yeah. it. And even... Even if it's exactly like the rule book says uh-huh. for pass interference, eh, let's not change it. Um, we'll get into that later uh, as there's a few different situations. There are. So immediately, immediately the drive starts uh, first down and 20 and then a base mass penalty on Zach Brown. This one was not pretty either on Valdez Scantling. And from there, it's a... Uh, Where are we? Where are we looking at? Just a sort of a dink and dunk after that. Um, you know, eleven yards to Devonte Adams, seven yards for Geronimo Allison, who's just not had a good start to the season. Uh, Mercedes Lewis with a quick little ten-yard catch. Uh, Adams for thirteen with Avante Maddox playing like you know in the park, yeah. playing coverage in the parking lot on him. He's playing in Canada. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this drive uh, finally ends at the twelve. When Sandeo uh, covering Devontae Adams forces an incomplete completion, Packers up 10 nothing on the Crosby 30-yard field goal. That is when the Eagles finally strike. Uh, Zach Ertz is very good. And I think that's the biggest thing about the Eagles right now is that they don't have the receivers that they want, but they have Zach Ertz. Yeah, and Dallas Goddard. And Dallas Goddard, and those guys are, are very, very good. Eagles have a couple South Dakota boys on their squad. They've got Dallas Goddard, South Dakota guy, and uh, Nate Gary. He's a linebacker on their defense who's a South Dakota guy. So, hey, that's all I have. Yep. That's it. That's all I have. This drive was started by a big <laughs> uh, big kick return. I'm, I'm aware that South Dakota exists. I've been in it once. Yeah, it's okay. Okay. It's all right. I mean, I talk about Wisconsin too much on every media For that sure. I'm involved with. So, 
you're you got to be allowed to talk about South Dakota. I didn't know that they were the Jackrabbits. Yeah. So I was I was amazed last year when they were talking about Zach Zenner all the time. I'm like, why do they keep calling him a Jackrabbit? They he's, have to stop doing he's that. He's a Jackrabbit. Because oh, he was actually a Jackrabbit. The Cowboys have a guy, Taron Christian. Um, he's one of their backup quarterbacks. I think he is their number two quarterback this year uh, from South Dakota State University. Um, I played against him in basketball and hung uh, like 15 or 20 on his on his, on his his dome. He couldn't stop me. Yeah. But, uh, I think he got the last laugh. Probably picked the right sport. I'm talking about him on, his yeah. po- on our podcast. <laughs> so, You know, those those game checks don't mean anything <laughs> if you can't stop Melms that are crossover. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there was a big run back on special teams. We haven't seen bad play out of the Packers special teams. What we saw on, on that play was what we're going to see from the Eagles just throughout the game is that they were getting on blocks and maintaining them and made for a short field out. Sean Jeffrey catches the touchdown from Carson Wentz. The Packers lead 10 to 7 at that point. Another 63 yard drive. All these long drives for the Packers throughout this game. Very few short drives for Green Bay. Yeah. You know, the, the Eagles a lot of the time, you know, had the, the, the benefit of great field position. The Packers made yep. some mistakes. You know, we, we look at the Eagles drives here. Touchdown, five plays, 34 yards. Touchdown, 11 plays, 60 yards. Touchdown, four plays, 17 yards. The Eagles really had some really beneficial field position where the Packers were pretty often pinned deep in their own uh, part of the field. Another face pass penalty on a third and ten. Rodgers had the free play already. Yeah. And hit <laughs> hit Adams for 40 yards, add 15 to it. Uh, that gets sets up Mason Crosby for a 31-yard field goal. Uh, yeah, and the Eagles on the ensuing kickoff, um, kick, Crosby kicks it out of bounds. Yep. Mason Crosby, he's good until he's not. That's, yeah. That's the thing with him is that he's very good, and then all of a sudden he does something that, you know, first-year rookie kickers, if they do that, they get cut. But, yeah, you're done. Yeah, but, uh, legal legal procedure on a kickoff is a big probably mistake. the rarest penalty out there. Yeah, I don't know what else would be. Um, I mean, illegal man downfield probably, sure. but illegal shift also uncommon. But yeah, it sets up a uh, sixty yard drive for the Eagles, and they just uh, they just start running Sanders on this one. And I loved how they use their running backs. They got this guy Sanders, who's yeah. decent. Miles Sanders uh, is really good. Yep, they've got uh, Jordan Howard, who is absolutely decent. And the thing with Howard, we talked about it last season with the Bears, is that he's just in better condition than most people yeah. in the NFL. He's tougher than most people in the NFL. His skill set is very limited when it comes to being a running back. He runs the ball forward. Yeah, it, he's he's added a little bit of an ability to catch the ball. That was kind of his his big. Uh, shift in his second year in Chicago was 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 trying to adapt to that naggy scheme and catch the ball more. But um, you know the the Eagles have Miles Sanders to do that. He's been, he's been great out of the backfield catching the ball for them, and they've got Jordan Howard to run the ball up the middle. Don't fumble, run over guys. Yep. So you're you're in the second quarter here. You're using your guy Sanders. You've mm-hmm. got Jordan Howard who gets stronger as the game goes on in your back pocket. Love the game plan. Yeah. Uh, runs up the middle. Uh, short passes from. Carson Wentz, Dallas Goddard catches the touchdown pass. At that point, Philadelphia takes their first lead of the game, 14-13. On the ensuing drive, Aaron Rodgers is strip-sacked. It's Barnett coming in there. Barnett, um, you know, sour grapes. Shouldn't have been in the game at that point. Yeah. But got into the backfield. Uh, 
Graham picks it up, and so you've got a 17-yard field for the touchdown, and that's Jordan Howard's drive. They just handed it to him. Yeah, and and, and that that fumble was was I think a product of a really bad play design, um, where Lafleur had Mercedes Lewis lined up uh, just behind the offensive line. He he you know he's he's the the sixth man on that line. Sure, he's the, the far right. In that position, yeah, yeah, on the far right. Um, and they have him coming across yep. the entire offensive line to try and block an untouched defensive end. Like it's not a chip block coming across. Like it's he's not in motion starting before the ball gets snapped. It's the ball gets snapped. He needs to come from that right, that strong side H back position to the weak side to block Barnett on the left side. Yeah, it's a true counterplay. It's it was with, with a pulling lineman. Just not good. Um, because he doesn't even get there by the time Barnett's, nope. he's got no chance. Uh, no, and you've seen this a bunch of times in Lafleur's offensive schemes, in that he's asking guys to do things that are not possible. Yeah, which, yeah, well, that's that to me is like I'll get on, I'll get on other coaches for doing this too. So we're gonna get on Matt Nagy a little bit, like for you know, like hey Jimmy Graham, hey you there, you're terrible. Go out and block Khalil Mack. You can't block, and you know prevent Khalil Mack from murdering your 35 year old Hall of Fame <sighs> quarterback who's had four major injuries in the last four years. Yeah, no. Like, don't. Stop doing that. It, hey, Mercedes Lewis, pull entirely across the formation and uh, you know, keep uh, keep, keep Aaron Rodgers clean here. Uh, no, don't no, do that. No, let your tackle take care of it. Like, and, and the thing about it, yeah, I, I, see, I see this kind of stuff in high school where this kind of stuff is a little bit more possible. Yeah, I was uh, because, thinking uh, even college. Yeah, like the... The uh, high school team I cover, they run a, they run a very, very old-school shotgun spread formation. Uh, you know, either uh, either a pistol with a running back behind the quarterback in shotgun mm-hmm. or the running back on the quarterback's hip. Uh, never play under center. Uh, you know, always two boundary receivers, a slot receiver, and then the tight end is not on the line of scrimmage, is the H-back. Yeah. And either goes across the formation in motion or kind of comes inside for it like a belly counter block, yeah. or just blocks down on the edge. Mm-hmm. And this is very possible because high school is slow. Yeah. Uh, Barnett is not out there. No. Khalil Mack is not out there. He's yeah. not the outside linebacker that you need, that you're assigned to block on that play. Everything goes slower. It works. Yeah. Boy, does it not work no. at the, uh, the pro level. So I think that's, you know, the real question isn't like, what should we do about it now? We should do nothing. But the real question is, like, in week seven, is yep. is Matt LaFleur still trying to have Jimmy Graham block a blitzing linebacker? Yeah. The, because if he is, then we're going to start writing letters to the editor. Yeah. The, you know, it's, it's, it's in, a, in an NFL where less and less actual players are playing in the preseason, the first four games of the year almost become a preseason of sorts. Yeah. They work out the kinks. What can our guys actually do? You know, who can do what? Especially if if you're a first time coach, kind of inheriting a roster. Um, you know, where Mercedes Lewis and and Jimmy Graham are already on the team. It's you're not bringing guys in because you know what they can do. They're already here. You got to find out what they can do. Uh, yeah, Jimmy Graham's making ten million dollars this season. You got to figure out something to do. Dick. Yeah. So uh, you got to figure out something that he can do right. And hey, blocking's not it. Blocking is definitely not the choice for him. Uh, so yeah. Eagles. So yeah, seventeen yard uh, touchdown drive that is just Jordan Howard running the ball. Yeah. Uh, Packers respond by going seventy yards downfield in 
50 seconds yeah, for ridiculous. a touchdown. Again, the Packers are good. Yeah, they're good this year. Geronimo yeah. Allison's involved with a uh, 31-yard pickup into the red zone and then catches the touchdown pass on a great throw from Rodgers. Uh, it's the best Allison has looked all season Yeah, so far. Yeah, this has been his best game this year, definitely. I think he had like three catches for 50-something yards and a, a touchdown. You know, it's, you know, it's not a lot, but... Uh, it's the best he's looked this year, and, and with Devontae Adams likely out mm-hmm. for a little bit with turf toe, uh, Geronimo's going to have to step up. The Packers, when they scored at the touchdown, they're down 21-19 to 19 at that point. They kick the extra point and don't go for two, Yeah, which is an interesting decision. I'm going for two there for the tie yeah. at the end of the half. I'm just... Yeah, because I'm getting the ball back, and I, I, I at the I, beginning of the second half. So interesting choice there from Lafleur, who has not been bold. He's not been very aggressive. Any extra point situation. No, and it it, it ties back to another situation early in the game where uh, the Packers are are up ten seven. Um, they get down to the Philadelphia thirteen. It's fourth and two, and they kick a thirty one yard field goal, and that thirty one yard field goal makes it thirteen to seven, taking it from a one possession game to a one possession game. I like that one. You like that one? I like I like a gimme field goal. Yeah. Uh when you're at home. Yeah. Get points. Yep. I like I like points. I like points on the field goal from from your like veteran kicker. Mm-hmm. I will take the points it because it's early. Yeah. Because you don't know what you're gonna play into. You know the Eagles are gonna score points as well. But generally yeah, generally on extra point calls, I wanna I wanna see like Math. I want to see a little bit of like statistics and mathematics come into these coaches' minds because, you know, you're either down by one, down by, two, you know, you're down by one if you kick the extra point. You're down by two, which there's only one two-point scoring play. Yeah. In the NFL, if you fail the conversion or you're tied, if you make the conversion, like just do it. Yeah. There's. You need a field goal if you're down by one. Down by one and down by two are. Very, very similar situations in NFL games. Basically the exact same. Yes. You need a field goal to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, those are very similar situations. So I want to I want to see coaches be a little bit more aware of statistical stuff like that. Green Bay punts on their first position coming out of the locker room. Uh, this was a third and seven at the Green Bay 45. Uh, Rodgers throws incomplete to Valdez Scantling. Green Bay challenges the play for possible defensive pass interference. The play was upheld. It costs a timeout for the Packers. Again, like we can't, we can't live in a world where the coaches get to be like, no, I don't think so, and then the refs are like, well, actually, I do, because it's like asking the cops to take your ticket away. Yeah, which works every time. Yeah, totally. They definitely will admit that they were wrong. Um, and that yeah, they you throw a little, you throw mistakes. a little red flag at the feet of the officials and be like, I think you were wrong, and they say, no, I've yeah. never been wrong, and then they go look at the camera. And uh, yeah, and they give you a full and just consideration of your of your challenge and rule that it's wrong. They have to stop doing this. Yeah, this was bad. This one is the one that um, there's been a lot of images circulating on the 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 Twitter sphere of the front image for uh, the now challengeable offense or the now challengeable pass interference ruling, um, and it's a picture of uh, you know, a Patriot receiver being you know kind of tackled. And if you put it side by side with the Marquez Valdez Scantling image, um, it is almost the exact same. The ball is in about the exact same spot. The defender's hand is restricting. 
the receiver in the exact same spot. It's almost exactly the same as by rule what defensive pass interference is by the picture guidelines in the rule book, but not overturned because they can't be wrong. So J.K. Scott punts. It's a 31-yard punt. That's probably the worst punt that he's uncorked all season. Yep. And on the ensuing drive, the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles. I like hearing. Uh, uh, there's a sports forum that I'm on, and everyone yeah. just types I G G L E S. The Eagles. The Eagles. The Eagles. The Eagles go uh, eight plays, 76 yards for the touchdown. A uh, whole bunch of Sanders. A little bit of Sproles. And a 20-yard strike to Jordan Howard from Carson Wentz. The two-point conversion attempt fails. And see, that's a good two-point conversion attempt because yep. you're up 27-20 after the score. If you get that two-point conversion, you're up 29-20, and then a touchdown game. and a two-point conversion doesn't get you close. That's good recognition by yep. uh, by Doug Peterson. who um, I like the fact that he's a successful head coach yeah. because literally his only his true job in the NFL was to keep Brett Favre from killing himself yeah. through Brett Favre's various off-the-field antics, and also to like explain Brett Favre like some of the more advanced concepts of NFL football, yeah. like passing, yeah, or what the nickel cornerback hey, was. Here's how you read. Here's what we do against cover two, and yeah. Brett says, "Well, I'm just gonna throw it." Oh yeah, and he goes, "No, no, no, you can't throw it there. That's it, you can't throw it to the boundary there. That's where the safety is." And Brett says, "No, don't worry about it. I'm yeah. just gonna throw it." I'm just going to do it. Yeah, it's basically like you had to have some sort of grown-up to stand next to Brett Favre, who Brett Favre didn't hate, Yeah, but yet also could keep Brett Favre from doing things that were incredibly destructive to himself and others. And that was uh, Doug Peterson's entire NFL career. Somehow it worked out. Good for him. Yep. Uh, so down by seven, the Packers go three and out. Um, this was a just a... a just a bad possession. Aaron yeah. Jones gets tackled for a loss by uh, on first down, second and 12. Uh, Rodgers hits Devontae Adams. This is right towards the end of where Devontae Adams would go out of the game yep. uh, with turf toe. But they punted away, and they forced the Eagles into a three and out. And on the next play, Packers come down, tie up the game. On a touchdown drive, Jimmy Graham gets involved in this. Valdez Scantling, who is going to become extremely important yeah. to the Packers down in Dallas yeah. if they're playing without Devontae Adams. Um, uh, Jimmy Graham catches the touchdown pass. Uh, Graham is still bad, but he can, he's at least still tall. Yeah, he dropped a couple touchdown yeah. passes. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not one. I'm still not in on Jimmy Graham, even though he's starting to actually produce some numbers. Uh, Eagles respond with the winning touchdown drive, and this was where it was truly just a matter of like Jordan Howard is just unstoppable at this point because yeah. you're into the fourth quarter, you're just running it straight up the middle, and again the Eagles are just getting on these blocks and holding them, and the Packers are without Montrevious Adams. Montrevious Adams hasn't meant anything the Packers for the first two years he's in the league. He's an important piece this year. Yeah. Because he was he was healthy and he was playing well. And then the, he must have remembered that he was Montrevious Adams. Yeah. And, and he needs is to get extremely hurt. injury prone. And so he is out and it leaves the Packers in a situation where cutting Mike Daniels looks um, dumb. Yeah, foolish. Because they are in a four they they turned a four man defensive front in a four three 
nope. into a three-man yeah. rotation for defensive front in a three-four. Uh, where I said I reversed everything I needed to say there. They had a they play a three-four. They had a four-man rotation. They turned it into a three-man rotation, which yeah. is not a rotation. No, it's just in just, fact out there. That's just the starting lineup. Yeah, they're just absolutely exhausted at this point. You've got to have someone else out there. Fat all Brown, I, I love you, man, but no. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're not you're not the answer here. Yeah, and you know we we saw a little bit of uh, the Smiths on the line. Um, no impact from Zedarius Smith this week. Um, no, they were they were absolutely bottled up, and yeah. I think you know you, the, the the difference between say a Matt Lafleur game plan and a Doug Peterson game plan is that he's putting his tackles out there to hold yeah. blocks on those guys. Yep, and you know if you. If you're running all the time, it lets neither of them really just come after you into the pocket. Uh, no turnovers by the Eagles in this game. Yeah, I mean, no sacks for the Packers. The Eagles only had one sack, and it was the strip sack. Um, so, you know, pretty clean games for both teams in terms of you know keeping their quarterbacks upright. This this Eagles team has one of the best offensive lines in, in football, um, and they did a good job. With 14 minutes left in the game, the Packers take over on the Green Bay 21. First time we really see the uh, the new Smith for uh, for the Packers really returning something a 20 yard return. Tremont. Yep, Tremont Smith, and I he's one of those guys where like apparently yeah we need someone to replace Trevor Davis to do yeah. absolutely nothing, so he's the guy. Yeah, well he was uh, I think he was number four in the NFL last year in return yardage. Um, with Chiefs, so you know he's he's got some history. He's been uh, good in the past. Um, it also makes me laugh at that uh, Adam Schefter tweet about how Trevor Davis is, you know, one of the league's best. <laughs> one of the league's one of the league's top returners. Yeah, gets replaced with immediately replaced with also one of the league's top returners. Um, so I think just everyone is one of the league's top returners now. But uh, yeah, Green Bay well, gets it also up. like you have to. Just delving into the world of like NFL social media, you have to, you, in order for Adam Schefter's word to mean anything, you have to like assume a universe in which Adam Schefter has any idea who Trevor Davis is. Oh yeah, he has which no he clue. has no clue at all who Trevor Davis is. He has Just, no clue. Yeah. Uh, Packers, a 12th place, 78 yard, five minute long drive that ends in a turnover on downs. First and goal at the Philadelphia one, incomplete, 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 incomplete. Yeah. Yep. I, you have first goal at the one. I know that you're like a smashing running back is out. But, Just run it but anyways. You're you're killing me. Yeah. With this with this shit right here. Yeah. And there one of these was a uh, an RPO. Um, I think it was this this time that they got into the red zone. They run a little RPO and and uh, Aaron tries to run it off the left edge. You know, and um, so he he he. There's a great breakdown done by it was Jeff Schwartz of, of SB Nation, um, of when you're running the RPO. You know, Aaron has never run the RPO in his life until now. Like it wasn't a thing really when he was back in college, and Mike McCarthy obviously wasn't innovating in that direction. Um, and so, you know, he didn't ride the handoff as you're you're kind of faking the handoff if you're going to keep it. Like you need to ride it and really make it look like you're going to give it to him to make that defensive end pull as far in as possible. Um, and so Aaron kind of does it, but not great, and gets the defensive end to bite. I think it was Derek Barnett. Gets Barnett to bite, and start, he and Aaron starts to take off onto the left edge, but 
the difference in that read when you're in the red zone versus at the 50-yard line is that the safety is no longer playing deep. The, play, sure. the safety is now five He's yards right off there. the line of scrimmage. Yep. So now you're if you're going to run it off the left side, if you're not going to give it to the running back, you now need to read two people, and that didn't happen. And this is something that, tangential to that, is something that's really regressed in Rodgers' game is that he used to be very, very involved in ball fakes. Yeah. He, he sold ball fakes with the with a with a determination with and a conviction. Yeah, like a magician. And now he's just he they, he has gotten so sloppy yeah. in that aspect of his game. Yeah, and I'm not one of those guys who who because you know, my my boss bless his heart I, I love you but um, sure. thank you for the money uh, yeah. but yeah. also he's one of those guys who thinks that Aaron Rodgers is sort of like abandoned the game you know it does that sort know. of crap. Yeah. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers has not done that, but, like, Aaron Rodgers has gotten very sloppy in some of the aspects of his play. Yes. And one of the things that I hope that Matt LaFleur would do is create an environment in which he could be accountable again for for faking the ball effectively, doing the little things that make the little things that turn average quarterbacks into winners and turn great quarterbacks into Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks. I mean, look at a highlight reel of Rodgers in 2010. Oh. Ugh. Everything he does is with this focus and conviction that is, yeah. like, where did that go? I want that back. The other day I watched the I watched some of his highlights from 2010 from, like, the Super Bowl game. And Why stuff. do we do this to ourselves? And it's, I've never, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, people love Patrick Mahomes. You know, he's, he's really blown up. I like Patrick Mahomes. He's, I like him, too. He's really good. He doesn't throw the ball as hard as Aaron Rodgers did. No, 2010. I've never seen a quarterback throw the ball as hard as that. I mean, maybe Brett Favre, but even then, there's points where Aaron is, you know, dropping back in the pocket and he'll step up into it, and like that throw to Greg Jennings across the middle, that ball's driving 90 miles. Oh, the out. first two years of Favre, Favre threw the ball so much oh, harder. Oh my God, my, uh, I was not born. Yeah, yet, so uh, just just to let you. Know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Favre, and those those highlights are hard to come by where Favre you can was see a, where the footballs. Favre at was dangerous. Frame. Yeah. Like he endangered his men God. by throwing the ball at them so hard. Um, uh, my favorite, my favorite uh, pre-Packers Favre story is that um, the Falcons had an owner named Jerry Glanville, who was very much a, a like, you know, Atlanta Georgia millionaire. Sure, yeah, wore a big hat, and uh, he called God. Brett Favre country because he drafted this kid who was just dumb as a box of yeah. rocks. Yep, and he was his third-string quarterback. And uh, what Glanville would do is he would use country to bet opposing owners when they came in that country couldn't put the ball in the third deck. <laughs> country could put the ball in the third deck. And so Glanville used him to win bets. <laughs> yeah. Hey, country, come here. Throw that ball in the third deck. Yep. <laughs> put it up there. Uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, Favre was a menace. To his own oh, receivers, uh, you know, he broke he broke his receivers' fingers. I hey, I balls. did. Did you ever break a receiver's I did finger? Break a receiver's with a finger ball? in fifth grade, uh, playing on the playground. Uh, we were down in the red zone. Told a kid to run a slant, and I hum slinged that thing in there, and I broke his pinky. <laughs> <laughs> That's before his, that young man's bones had even ossified. <laughs> yeah, no, it didn't break. It just bended really far. Yeah. <laughs> it sprung right back into place. <laughs> You can grow your fingers back at that age. <laughs> you can cut it off. It'll grow it back like a lizard tail. My uh, my bigger point here is that the Packers, in the end of this game, have two first and goals yep. in which to win this game or tie this game, and they do not do nope. so. They don't run it. 
Mm-hmm. And you know, for all, for all, as much as we want to like, yeah, you know, there was a lot of yelling and gnashing of teeth about yeah. the Packers' defense in this game, and especially stopping the run late. Uh, the the sad truth of it is, is that um, after first and goal at the one, incomplete, 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 the Eagles were forced to punt, and then the Packers go back down again. Yeah, first and goal at the seven. And Aaron Jones up the middle for four. 28 seconds left on the clock. Um, slant looking for Valdez Scanley inter- intercepted, and the game is over. Um, at that point, Devontae Adams is out. You're yeah. seeing guys like Alan Lazard in into the game action for the first time. Valdez mm. Scantling becomes your number one receiver because that's apparently oh, just not Geronimo Allison this year. And... Uh, yeah, you've got second down and goal at the three. You've got 28 seconds. I bel- no no timeouts at that point. No. But so another running play is you can get a third down play off if you run the ball there. Yeah, and and the play before this, Aaron Jones ran for four yards. Yep. It, it, you know, I I just would have liked to have seen at least one of these plays as a running play. I know that you know the the Packers had had struggled kind of getting the the ground game going, but trust your guys to get one yard. Please trust your guys to get trust one yard. your guys to get two yards. Trust your guys to get three yards. We're not asking for ten on a sweep. We're asking for three up the middle. I think that's totally doable, especially with a guy who's as slippery as Aaron Jones. And you know, I know we don't have Jamal Williams who would push the pile fifteen yards if he wanted to, but you know, it's 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 a situation where I, I get it. You know, if you run the ball three times, uh, it's frustrating that you didn't put it in Aaron Rodgers' hands. But you you put it in Aaron Rodgers' hands. The Philadelphia defense held up. Try it. Just give it a run. Like, go for it. You know, they there was a there was a few running plays. You know, RPOs and stuff that could have been run plays yeah. that Aaron checked out of. Call one that is a designated run play. Everyone's run blocking. Well, somewhere in the world, Malcolm Jenkins was watching that and going like, "What I tell you? Yeah. What did I? What, what did, did I, I say?" Pete Carroll's, yeah. Pete Carroll's watching going, don't make the same mistakes as me. Yeah. I died on the cross for my sins. So yeah. You wouldn't. Pete Carroll still is employed after calling pass play on, on what could have been a game-winning run. And, like, I know that the Packers don't have Marshawn effing Lynch yeah, but as, as they're running back. But uh, Aaron Jones same. is all right. Aaron Jones is okay. That is, and that's the game. Eagles take back over, kneel it, kneel it, or whatever the hell it is they did. They kneeled it. Yep. And we were done. And for the Packers, like they were in a game against a team that was a Super Bowl winner two years ago. Yeah. Um, until the very end, had first and goal twice in the final five minutes of the game, couldn't convert it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. I don't know what else you want to ask for. No. At this point, like you know. You ask for a better play calling, and this is after their left tackle, their starting wide receiver, and their uh, you know one B running back go yeah. out of the game. Yeah, you know, one of which was cheap shotted out of the game on the first play. Yeah, and they've kept themselves in it through the for, through the sheer effort of Rodgers passing fifty three times. Yeah, he, for four hundred and twenty yards. Rodgers looked exceptional. You know, it, he was really good. Sacked once. Yeah, it sacked once, and the only sack was that strip sack you know he, he moved in the pocket well we saw him uh getting out and running a little bit in this game um you know there's one time where they called a screen pass and, and aaron jones got caught up in the 
blockers and everything. And so Aaron just took it himself and ran it for yep. 15 yards. You know, it's we saw Aaron playing as well as he's played in, uh, I would say, maybe a couple of years now, um, as as Aaron Rodgers as he's been. But what it comes down to in this game would be play calling and and the game plan. I think and you know at the end of the day, Matt Lafleur got coached out coached by Doug Peterson. Matt LaFleur in his fourth game of his NFL coaching career. Doug Peterson, a Super Bowl winner. Yeah, wearing a Super Bowl ring kind of showed him Sure. Showed him a little bit of something. And you know, for again, like for LaFleur, it's not a matter of like you're gonna did you get out coached in week four? It doesn't like, matter. You're not I'm not gonna be mad at you about that. But I am gonna get mad if you don't learn from it. Yes, exactly. Is 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 where we go from here is is, is very important. Is you know, this kind of feels like a little bit of like the Rams game last year, you mm-hmm. know, where Oh, we almost had it. It was so close. We should have won it. And you've got a fun little stretch here for the Packers coming up. They've got, they're going to Jerry World to play the Cowboys for America's Game of the Work. Oh God! It's my again. I'm, my Joe Buck impression is just mm-hmm. is just me saying things through my nose God. while sounding disinterested in it. America's Game of the Work here on Fox. And then uh, you've got a couple of home games: the Lions and the Raiders. Are coming to town. Both of those are winnable. The Lions aren't fucking around this year. No, they're pretty good. They're okay. <laughs> they're all right this year. It's a strong division. Matt Stafford is healthy right now. Yeah, and that's uh, Matt Stafford is like one of the toughest dudes in the NFL. Yeah, like I think of him and I think of like basically he's a I you I don't do you remember John Kitna? Yes. Okay, John Kitna was like the meanest, toughest dude ever to play mm. quarterback, and he wasn't any good. No, he's terrible. He was awful. He was terrible. He was just the he played with the Bengals when they were yeah. in their like jailhouse Bengals it's days. Just tough. Yeah, like a, a big and, round. Yeah, like Stafford reminds me a lot of, of him in that. Like he just keeps on coming out there, like as broken as possible. Yeah, and you know Stafford isn't like outwardly tough looking. He looks like a frat guy who you know got, you know he he looks like he should be doing keg stands. Yeah, oh, at your exactly. local like Kappa party, but. At the same time, like he has been hurt most of his career and has never said a word about it and just keeps starting for the worst team. Yeah. And you can imagine in the NFC North. In in twenty sixteen he dislocated his middle finger, played oh, the whole year through it. Like, terif- what? Terrifying. And then a deep bruise in his in his throwing hand in twenty seventeen. Didn't matter, played through it all. Like uh, early in his career he told he tore both of his shoulders like he dislocated both of his shoulders yep. um you know he, he fractured his finger in 2011 played through the season with and he's it. just had like every garbage coach every yeah. oh garbage player yeah he's had one good wide receiver he's, he's who a, was was so frustrated with the environment that he was playing in that he literally walked in away from the game and has since then made like a point of making all of his limited media appearances about trashing yeah the people that he played for yeah and with good reason i'm not yeah, mad at megatron for doing that atrocious but like this is the situation in matt in which matt stafford has walked out there every game of his career and mm. just fought and i people who dislike him are, are not seeing the same stuff i'm seeing no he's i think he's very easily the second best quarterback in this in this division and i always consider him one of the best quarterbacks in the in the nfc so you've got Cowboys uh, then at home against the Lions and the Raiders. The Raiders are total clowns. Yeah. Uh, then you're on the road against the Chiefs and the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers aren't anyone to look past. The Chiefs are the second best team in the AFC, and 
probably the second best team in the league right now. Yeah, they're very very good. So uh, it's a it's a stretch that has has some some weaker opponents, some tougher opponents. I don't know what to make of the Cowboys after they got beat by Teddy no Bridgewater idea. and the Saints. I have no idea what they're doing. But we will take a uh, a continued look at that stuff. We're going to take a quick break, and we will come back talk about uh, you know the Packers rotations and then some bigger stuff. In the NFL, uh, we're on Twitter, at CheeseCagoLand. Um, one of these days, we'll remember to tweet during game day. Yeah, I if I'm not working, yeah. I would. Yep, you're a, yeah. I'm a working man, baby. The yep. money is on the football days. Yeah, the money the money is not on the football days. I'm, I'm glad the Packers don't play on, like, Friday nights right yeah. now. Yeah. Or Saturdays, or you know, soccer playoffs are starting. So right now, I'm going to be everywhere. But, like, the only day that they don't do high school athletics is on Sunday, which I... Good very, for you. Very much appreciate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm at MP Fleischman. Follow him on Twitter. He's at Melum Setter. Um, we'll take a break and we'll be right back for the second half of episode 50 of Cheeseheads in Chicago. That's that's kind of the source of my question. Yeah, where you said check yourself before you wreck yourself. Oh. Like it's nineteen ninety two. See what the thing you... the thing about Shaq is that like he was annoying as a player for the last ten years of his career. Mm-hmm. He was just sort of out of shape and all he did was show up on teams and be like, You know what I'm really where's dinner? Yeah. You know, and then like he shows up on television immediately after his playing career and he's just like well, you know, players are bad these days. Mm-hmm. And then he thinks he's a rapper, and he thought he was a rapper for since, like since forever. forever. And he's just clearly such a baby. He's surrounded by these yes men who are like, "Yes, Shaq, that's a great idea you for you to be that. a rapper. Please uh, continue to pay me six figures a year." He was telling uh, you that you should be a rapper, and he's like, "What, fifty now?" Yeah, he's so old. <laughs> yeah, and he's <laughs> like, "Like, I'm gonna show up these young guys." And like, I don't, I don't know. It, it, Damian Lillard like might actually be good at rap. Yeah, he is actually. Uh, he's not bad. Yeah, he's you not know, he's terrible. Not terrible. Whereas like Shaq, all of his career has just been sort of like people telling him, like, you know, it's cool if you rap about being a genie. <laughs> yeah. You should rap about rap about that movie you made where you were a genie. Yeah. Um, and, Shaq played like a DJ set. It like, oh, one of the, the big, love of God. It, like Pitchfork or what's the other one? Lollapalooza. He was like one of the headlining DJs, and I was like. Oh, please. Like, it, it was like DJ Diesel, and then, like, in parentheses, it was like Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. Get him out of here. Stop doing that. But it did give me the idea. I was at a, my buddy Jack played his last show before he moved out of the city, um, and I met a woman who was a, um entrepreneur who had started a, a tent company that made um biodegradable tents. Okay. She, she was like, so many tents at festivals are left behind. And I said... Are they? Yeah. Okay. Apparently, it's a big source of waste is, is tents that are purchased just, just to be used at music festivals and left behind. Like people's tents? Yes. Like people's tents. Wow. That, that's lazy. Yeah. And I said, what if we made a music festival that's just for NBA players? <laughs> we get Shaq. 
We got Dame Lillard. We make him play a three on three. We make him play one on one for headlining spots before the festival starts. Bam. Yeah. Money. And she said, "No, that's a no. Bad that's idea. a bad idea." And I said, "All right, okay. You don't get to tell me that. I tell myself that. I just have like I have enough knowledge of like guys in the NBA who have tried to be rappers. So many of them. Yeah, so many. And Marvin like, Bagley." The third is trying to be a rapper. Oh, good. Lonzo Ball's a rapper. See, I didn't know about like the current generation. Yeah. It just seems oh, like there's this... so many more now. Everybody is trying to be a rapper now. Like I knew about I- Iverson. Yeah. He was embarrassing. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I knew about uh, there's like some lesser NBA guys, like former number one overall draft pick Joe Smith. Joe Smith tried to be a rapper. He was a pretty like pretty business like rapper. It was you know he wasn't flashy. There was, like, Marquise Daniels, <laughs> like, like Sprewell. has, like, a side. He, Daniels might still be doing it. His, like, whole rap thing is that he wasn't, like, aiming for fame or anything. He was, like, one of those, like, like sort of, like, pre-Dirty South, like, sure. tra- trap rappers who just rapped about, like, like getting lap dances. Okay, great. Just, like, that entire subgenre of just, like, it's just filthy nonsense. Yeah. So I'd like I don't count him in quite in that same venue because he was clearly just he like was just having fun. Yeah, it, it's just clearly meant to like get him in the club for free, um, <laughs> which you know is admirable. Yeah, I listened to one of the Marvin Bagley the Third songs today after I heard the Shack thing. I found him Marvin Bagley the Third and uh, Dame Lillard. Have you ever heard Tony rap. Parker's rap? No, <laughs> no. You should if you do. You, are you like? Are you in a good mood? Because yeah, that ruin would it. ruin it. Uh, yeah, Kobe Bryant. Oh my God, he had a terrible rap album, didn't he? Yeah, is Bagley any? Is Bagley good? Bagley's he, not good. I was gonna make a joke about Bag. One of Bagley's lines was about how he's worth three hundred mil, and I was like, No, I can look up how much <laughs> you're making on your contract, and I think it's like nineteen million dollars. <laughs> yeah, I was like I think you're worth less than twenty. I put on this hat. I'm six foot four. Uh, <laughs> uh, you ever heard uh, uh, the former troubled Milwaukee Bucks center Larry Sanders? Yes. Oh, I have start a music career. I have uh, one of Larry Sanders. I listened to one of Larry Sanders' songs a lot. I really liked one when it first dropped. It's called like Black Mercedes. Yeah, that was kind was of bad. his only thing. Yeah. 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 Someone lied to Larry Sanders. <laughs> I, I I me and Larry Sanders are friends on Snapchat. And okay. I, have I've sent him messages and he has responded to me. Cool. He seems like a good dude, but it's my like, only claim to fame. But yeah, you know, he he did not take charge of his own uh, own destiny. In a lot no, of he didn't want to play basket. He didn't want to play basketball. Cool. That's fine. Get your money. Get out of here, man. Uh it's Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. It's the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers. Um, some of that will probably be left in there before uh, before now NBA. NBA sure. rap chat. That's uh, certainly my my uh, thing. But if in case I edit it all out, which is seeming more likely as I work through this sentence, sure, I think we uh, should. Shaq is terrible. Yeah, no, Shaq didn't do a good job with that. Shaq is disgusting, like a disgustingly bad rapper, and like he's only marginally good at other things, and he's also way too cozy with like Emmy Award winner. some of the worst law enforcement tendencies. Oh yeah, like he was in like yeah. Like the you know, reality show where he'd like go to Arizona and like be a cop. Yes. Yeah. Something like that. I think I remember something like that. Uh, so, oh, I don't like any of it. Um, taking a look at the Packers snap counts in the game, Devontae Adams got 57 snaps before he had to leave with turf toe. Turf toe really sucks. That's I've never had turf toe, but I've had plantar fasciitis, oh. which is also a really bad yeah. like 
you know, re- like a long, long suffering injury of the foot. Turf toe is worse, but it's the same idea of like a sprain of a ligament in in your toe when it gets pulled back yeah. upwards. Terrible. So yeah, it's a terrible injury. Don't know what his status is. Yeah, I mean, but essentially, like the rest of the season is gonna hurt like hell. Yeah, for Devonte Adams, and that's t- that's great. Charles Woodson played through it for uh, I think the back half of his season um, in his tenure with the Packers, but uh, I think it's likely Devonte's out this Sunday versus the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Um, we'll see what he is going forward. I think they're kind of talking about him as day to day, but. I think they're just trying to hide whether he's going to be in the game sure. for the Cowboys. So they, they game plan for him. So you got MVS, Allison, Shepard, and Lazard are most likely your active wide receivers. Kumaro's been uh, dealing with a nagging injury as well. I think he'll be back against the Cowboys. I think he's been back at practice. Um, uh, he is uh, limited week. participation questionable for Dallas. Okay, He's been that pretty much all through the season. Okay, I don't, I don't know what happened to him exactly, but he went from healthy during preseason to injured. Yeah. Um so it's probably going it's probably gonna again you get to the tight end group and you know Graham, Tanyan, and Lewis. I really think that it's like you've gotta start thinking about Robert Tanyan as a target to replace some of those Devontae Adams catches. Yeah. I think I think it'll be primarily replaced by Darius Shepard. You know, I think he kind of plays the same style as Devontae Adams in a way of of you know, he's not afraid to go over the middle. He's not afraid to to take some contact when he catches the ball. He's a great route runner. He's a smart football player. You know, what, what we've seen in Marquez Valdez-Scantling thus far is that, you know, he, he doesn't catch the ball through contact. Uh, he's really struggled. Uh, we saw it a couple times in the, the Broncos game where, you know, third down, throw to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He gets hit by a cornerback. He drops it. Um, I'd expect Darius Shepard to kind of step in in that hole as Devontae Adams leaves. That's a big 57 snaps is a lot. I would expect a little bit of Lazard if Kumaro's healthy. Uh, maybe some there. I think Shepard will get the, the lion's share of that. Um, and Tanyan, you know, hopefully we go to a little bit more, um, you know, 21 personnel. Well, I'm the guy, like, sitting there with, like, a fork and knife in each fist going, like, Tanyan, Tanyan. Yeah. Feed me, Big Bob. Feed yeah. me, Big yeah. Bob. Yeah, uh, so that's that's my role just yeah. in in general right now on the offensive line. Alex Light uh, filled in because Brian Blog had to go out after thirty snaps, and he looked atrocious. Yeah, he didn't look so good. He looked bad. But again, like Rogers was only sacked once, and and that was the strip sack that came while Blog was still in the game. Yeah. So um, take a look at Blog though on the injury report. He's back to uh, full participation. Thank God. Um, now this is last week. Oh, okay. Never mind. Never mind. I, you know, I, I think most likely what we see is kind of a, a, a Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Lindsley, maybe Patrick Turner. I would expect most likely that we bump Billy Turner out to the, that the Packers bump Billy Turner out to the right tackle position. Um, You know, that's kind of why they brought him in there. It's kind of be the swing mm-hmm. tackle, can play everywhere on the line kind of guy. Right tackle's more important than right guard. You know, you really you really worry about your 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 tackles more than your guards, your interior guys. And Lucas Patrick has in the past shown that he can be a replacement level guy. He can give you some snaps here and there. Um, Billy, yeah, yeah. Billy Turner, one of the best pass blocking guys in football thus far. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd expect he gets bumped outside if if Blaga can't go. Yeah, I'm curious to see because uh, Alex Light beat out some guys to get on this yeah, roster. He did. So I'm I'm curious to see if if they go because 
you know, you're going to have a week of knowing whether or not Blog is going. So if Turner needs his reps, he'll get them. But Alex Light, I mean, again, like they didn't give up a sack past uh, when yeah. he came in. This is a game where Rodgers dropped back 53 times, which is too many. Yeah. Um, on the defensive line, no Adams. So uh, Clark Lowry and Lancaster all in double digits. Kingsley Kiki gets only seven snaps. I think I think he needed to be out there more. Yeah. Because uh, you know you drafted the guy and he made the team through preseason. Got to got to do something. Give to, him a chance. Yeah, because I don't I don't think that uh, you know Kenny Clark you can run out there for sixty snaps a game, but. I don't think Lowry or Lancaster have that kind of physical conditioning no, and, to be able to stand up, and sure didn't look like they did. Yeah, and even, you know, I, I don't want to see. I, Kenny Clark should be out there every down in an ideal world. No need to burn him out like that, you know. it's it's He's a big dude. Playing 60 snaps, you only get two snaps off. That's pretty insane for yeah. a guy like that. Yeah, that's tough. So, yeah, Key with seven, Fat All Brown with two. I'm, you know, without Montrevious Adams, you have to you have to yeah. start rotating those guys a little bit more. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Smith. The Smiths go almost every snap. Uh. Gary and Fackrell out there. Gary's eighteen snaps to Fackrell's thirteen. Um. This was not a lot of like third down and long, second down and long passing situations. It yeah. did not let these guys play to their strengths very much. It was just Jordan Howard running downhill at you for the second half of the game. Uh, Martinez, 15 tackles in the game. B.J. Goodson only played seven snaps. I'm, uh, Goodson's a bit of an enigma because it seems like he starts out there and then he gets pulled, and yeah. you know, they'll bring in uh, Will Redmond, who went out in the game. Seems like B.J. Goodson would have been a, a, a good fit in this game, you know, lacking yeah. some, some size up front. Um, you know, he's a, he's a good thumper in the run game. The Eagles wanted to run the football so much. Um Instead, they kind of used a lot of, of, of Will Redmond at nickel safety, sometimes in kind of a Will linebacker spot, replacing kind of what, what uh, Raven Green did. Um, but he, he, he left the game with an injury after 26 snaps. Um, so we'll, we'll see if Josh Jackson can kind of fill, fill in there. But B.J. Goodson maybe, maybe would have been a, a good fit in this game, a good matchup play. Sure. And for the safeties, uh, Amos and Savage, they just didn't have a chance to get involved in this game. Yeah, because there was so much downhill running through the tackles, and then uh, when Wentz throws, he throws to the boundaries. Yeah. Oh, he's got such a strong arm into cornerback coverage. He does not really mess with the mid- deep middle part of the field, which uh, you know doesn't mean that you know Amos and Savage get. They didn't. I don't didn't hear their names much at all. Uh, Adrian Amos had seven tackles. Savage had three. Um, Adrian Amos had a couple plays that I thought were. You know exactly why he gets brought in on this is is plays where Carson Wentz is kind of scrambling out, and Adrian Amos is able to take the right route and make a strong tackle on a guy who's six foot five, two hundred and thirty pounds, and breaks tackles like it's nothing. Um, you know, in important situations, I think I think thus far Adrian Amos has been everything, every worth every penny paid to him, and has been everything advertised. You know, he's he's been. Exactly what this defense missed last year, needed this year. At cornerback, Alexander King and Williams get the majority of the snaps. We saw Chandon Sullivan, I think, for the first time. Yeah. Uh, King apparently is dealing with some sort of nagging injury, which, uh, you know, sure. He's Kevin King. So, yeah, we, yeah, we were already aware of that. But, uh, yeah. yeah, as of right now, Packers.com doesn't have a, a week five injury report published yet, which is a little bit odd because it's Tuesday in the afternoon. 
so no no news on uh, on guys like Balaga, guys like uh, Jamal Williams. Uh, Twitter is the Twitter rumor mill says that Jamal Williams, even by the end of the game, was fine. Yeah, and not being monitored. So hopefully he's back. But my goodness, yeah, Aaron, that I, shot he took like it was, it was disgusting. Um, Aaron Jones said he visited visited him in the hospital. You know, because I think he spent the night at the hospital that night. Um, said he was he, he's same as he always is. He was dancing. He was making jokes. He was All asking right. when he can leave. He was asking, you know, for his sodas or whatever he was doing. And um, so, you know, uh, good that he's doing all right. I hope that he takes uh, more time than he needs to come back. Um, and I hope that he is not rushed. But uh, positive news yeah. from, for for Jamal Williams. You know. As we continue watching Jair Alexander. Oh my God. Um, this dude. He he had he was matched up against uh, the Eagles in heavy air quotes number one receiver Nelson Aguilar, and Nelson yeah. Aguilar didn't do anything. No, I I think Alshon Jeffries technically their number one, which uh, Kevin King got paired on him because they're both six foot three. Mm-hmm. Um, Alshon Jeffrey has gotten bigger since he was yeah. Chicago Bear. That dude is bulky. Yeah, he's he's bulked up. He's put on some weight. He's up to two twenty is what he's listed at, but that's a dang lie um so you know it's it's this secondary is still really really solid um Aguilar maybe not their number one but Jair Alexander is a king amongst men the thing about Alexander is that like you look at your your wide receivers out there of Aguilar and um and of course Alshon Jeffrey uh I'm not scared of either of those guys well i am but like if yeah. i'm an opposing nfl starting a defensive coordinator i'm not and true sure. so to me it's like you know alexander just kind of keeping him on nelson aguilar all night when your tight ends are eating you up i'm like there's is there something else that he could be doing again this is another like facet to his game like there's got to be something he could yeah. provide other than like keeping nelson aguilar from catching the ball which <laughs> nelson aguilar would do that by himself yeah um, nelson aguilar a a career-long man with the drops um, might not even catch the ball if you throw it to him. Um, so, you know, Alexander keeping him on lock, he's a strong route runner. He's, he's a fast guy who can beat you over the top, but he's not going to catch the ball that great. And uh, Kevin King did a pretty good job on Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, Carson Wentz only had 160 passing yards in this game. You know? So it's, it's this secondary really did its job. Uh, the fault of this defense currently lies in the the run game and, and we talked a little bit last week about how you know Mike Pettin's willing to give up that run game to shut down your passing offense but uh you know if you can run run the ball so strongly that you don't need to pass it it's rough well they got their go ahead score by running it downhill they took advantage yeah. of some short fields by running it downhill but a couple of packer turnovers in this game if if that Strip sack doesn't happen. I mean, the sour grapes, what ifs again. But yeah. you know, if you take away some of these short fields, like the, you know, their the running game is less effective. I mean, it's it's you know Carson Wentz also threw for three touchdowns yeah. in the game, and so like the short field just really fed the Eagles. Yep, multiple times, and for the Packers defense who like have been taking the ball away on on the regular. Yeah, I think they've found that if a team establishes the run against them, it doesn't let them play to their strengths, which is playing well from the safety spots, 
hitting receivers on routes. Uh, quarterbacks that hold the ball too long are going to just suffer against the Packers secondary yeah. as they have that quick reaction time. Um, Dak Prescott is holding the ball too long this year. Yeah. I'm interested He's to see how he, he has not looked very good. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott looks a step slow this year as well. Yeah. Which is limiting, like, really limited his ability to get out to the board boundaries against um, against New Orleans in that game I watched. Not that yeah, New Orleans wasn't particularly great in that game either. But the, the Elliott-Prescott combo down there looked a bit slow, and I saw Randall Cobb drop a ball. Yeah, man, so, of course he did. But, yeah, we've all seen What's Randall new? Cobb drop a ball. Um, yeah. So it's an interesting matchup because, you know, you got to go to Jerry World and play, and Jerry World sucks to go to. Yeah, it, and well, it's, 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 it's filled with filled with Texans who yell a lot. So It's the house that uh, Aaron built. Um, Aaron, I, I wish I could get Aaron Rodgers' stats in. Jerry Jones's home <laughs> world, uh, but I mean the last two times the Packers played in Jerry World, it was uh, the throw to Jared Cook um, in the 2016 divisional round series and, or the divisional game, and it was the uh, Week Five game last year where Rogers leads re- leads the Packers down with like a minute left to win the game, um, so. You know, it uh, sucks for the Cowboys. Packers uh, have always played really well in, in whatever that stupid field is called. It's AT&T Stadium or something like that? I've only ever, I want to say, but only ever called it Jerry's World. Yeah, it's, it's Jerry World. That's what it's actually called. Uh, let's see, the New England Patriots stay AT&T undefeated Stadium. by defeating the Buffalo Bills up in Buffalo. Condolences to Joel Arendi. The Tennessee Titans beat the Atlanta Falcons. The Titans are bad this year. The Falcons are worse. Um, I I do have a you've uh, got something. I do have a thing. Did you see that? Joe Lorendi, What did he he posted a thing about the Bears or the Bills on his Twitter, which was then stolen by Barstool Sports um, <laughs> and posted on Barstool Sports his, his Twitter page, which I have blocked, so I didn't see that it was posted <laughs> until Joe tweeted about it. Until Joe tweeted that he was being made fun of by. <laughs> Barstool Sports Twitter followers for his sure. laugh on the video. Um, so, Joe, we love you. You have a good laugh. Don't listen to the uh, stupid idiot heads. Yeah, don't listen to Barstool, guys. That that generally won't do you right. <laughs> no. uh, yeah, the Titans beat the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons, just awful. Uh, the Cleveland Browns went on the road and beat the Baltimore Ravens 40-25. Oh, yeah, the Browns finally playing like they're supposed to. Yeah, that was a game where they definitely played like they were supposed to. And you know, for all for all the the, uh, the ink we put on paper about Lamar Jackson, who I do, do think is absolutely awesome, you can't give up 40 to the Cleveland no. Browns. Like, you just cannot do that at you home. You can't give up 40 no matter what. No, no, no Lamar Jackson is not built to put up 30 you know, thirty plus on you. Like yeah, that's that what offense. that offense is supposed to do. No, that offense is supposed to grind you down. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Detroit Lions up at uh, Ford Field on a absolutely BS uh, rule on a touchdown. Uh, Galladay, uh, Galladay had both feet inbounds, falling out of the back of the yeah. end zone. When he hit the ground, the ball in his hands shifty, not loosey, not hit groundy. Yeah, shifty. Yeah. And it like uh, they, the I, NFL. I have no idea. I don't know what, what a catch a, is. I don't know what a catch is. They've tried so 
many times to to iron it out to I can't you just cannot take a touchdown away from a guy because ball shifty. No. It, and ball folly? Sure. Sure. Ball hit groundy? Yeah. Ball roll? Yeah, sure. Sure, sure, yeah. sure, sure. Ball catchy, shifty? Mm, no. No, that that's a yeah, you cannot take that away. But uh, the uh, Detroit defense really had a, a statement game, somehow holding Kansas City yeah. to 34 points. Yeah, Mahomes didn't have a touchdown pass, I don't yep. think, right? Yeah, Kansas City has a lot of ways to beat you, and they needed all of them. Wow. Uh, for Kansas City, that's a tough road win. They got a little help, but they'll take it. Uh, the Carolina Panthers are installing the air raid offense, and they beat the Houston Texans 16-10. to 10. Uh, Deshaun Watson was really held in check there. Carolina has something going now. Yeah, Kyle Allen's looking good. Yeah, yeah, he's not getting around. He's bold. He's yeah. very confident for a uh, for a young quarterback. Do you remember the old uh, Play 60 ads with the little kids on the playground? <laughs> yeah. That's Kyle Allen. Yep, <laughs> coming for your job. Uh, the Oakland Raiders beat the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis. That's a tough loss for Indianapolis uh, in that game. Vontez perfect with a late hit coming over the middle head-to-head with a defenseless tight end. Uh, Vontez perfect is suspended for the rest of the season. Perfect's uh, hit was not any worse than the one Barnett put on Jamal Williams from no. the Packers' first play from scrimmage. And I I don't like Vontez perfect, and I'm upset that he puts me in a position where I have to defend him. But he kind of yeah. has to because this whole thing, like you've taken... If you do not have mm-hmm. a systemic solution, yeah, for these hits, yeah, then you let the NFL dictate it through like making an example of someone. Yeah, they have made an example of the bad man, Vontez Perfect. Yeah, the one that everybody doesn't mm-hmm. like. They have shook their finger at him and said, "This is very bad." Now we have solved this problem, and they have walked away from it. Yeah. And again, like, like any any situation where you let the NFL arbitrarily impose punishment is systemically flawed and yeah. needs to be addressed. Yeah, they're ne- the NFL's never going to do the right thing. Like, they're not. I mean, I think suspending. And here's the the ironic part is that suspending Vontez Perfect for the season is the right. No. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, on the whole. You know, but like you, the fact that you don't know that it's coming, like there's no first offense, second offense, third offense, yeah. like it hasn't been worked out and agreed upon between the owners and the players' association. The fact that it's just John Runyon, yeah, of all people, it's just like okay, it's just you, like you're suspended for the season. You don't get a suspension. Yeah, you don't. You don't even get a fine. You get nothing. That was totally that in the clean. hospital. Yeah. Totally clean. Totally cool. You get out of here. Yep, you're done. Yeah, and it's just over and over and over. Like you, you get pulled over and there's marijuana in your car. You get a two-game suspension. You know, you get arrested. You got, yeah, you know, you all these, all these, things, yeah, Jones. all these things just like come flying at the players. They don't know what to expect, and it lets it plays to like the worst instincts of the players because the players go out there and like, you know, Barnett. Meanwhile, it has to be encouraged. Yeah, <laughs> like he's. Yeah, he took a, he took a major part of Green Bay's game plan and got it off the field, and uh, all he got was a 15 yard penalty. That's it, and a strip sack later on in the game. Yeah, like he won. Like yeah, he wins. Yeah, he wins. He won. He yeah, did tip, tip your hat. 
guess. Yeah, Vontez perfect though. I like he has been a menace from the very beginning, and and you know I think that any any lead that doesn't have like a systemic thing to like kind of address the fact that like I think he's a crazy person. Like I don't really no. want to speculate, but like I think his collected body of work lends itself to speculation. Yeah, he's a a vicious. Yeah, he's he's he at least holds no regard for the people he's playing no. against. He at least does not respect the people he's playing against. No, either. he doesn't and that's that's a big problem. Yeah. And you know, to me it's a matter of like you know, the Oakland Raiders you know, if if you're a player who like does respect yeah. the game and does respect yourself, like you look at the Oakland Raiders who have Richie Incognito and yeah. Vontez Perfect trying to bring in A B, like all these players who like do not respect the game. Yeah. And yeah, if you're a player that does respect the game, like what is it's a bad place yeah. to be. Yeah, you don't want to be there. You don't want to be in a locker room that no. says that like, you know, actually these insane people are more important than you. Yeah. Uh, like God, these, lit- these literal criminals. It's got to suck for guys like like Deshaun Kaiser and 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 What about Derek Carr? Derek like, Carr, all, Josh Jones. By all accounts is just sort of a goober. Yeah, Josh Jones who, you know, before the draft there was all this buildup about his, you know, his 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 story before coming to football and everything. And you get into Oakland, and the guys that you're surrounded with are Richie Incognito, the guy who was suspended for how many games for bullying and hazing and saying the N word. And it was had like multiple off the field incidents that like describe yeah. his behavior as like as being psychotic yeah. since then. Like, I just, I do not, I do not understand. He was away from football for like a year. Yeah, and during that year, nothing good happened. Uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. So the Los Angeles Chargers, LAC, I'm thinking, lost the Los Angeles Clippers could defeat the Miami Dolphins, but the Chargers defeat Miami 30-10. to 10. Uh, The New York Giants uh, defeat Washington 24-3. to 3. Washington is toast, and mm. the Giants have their new savior, Daniel Jones. That's good. Uh, Seattle defeats Arizona 27-10. to 10. Tampa Bay puts up 55 on the Rams. In Los Angeles, uh, to beat the Rams 55-40, to 40, I have no idea I don't know. I mean, what's going on. It's not like the Rams have a home field advantage. Nobody goes to those games, but still. I mean, Jameis Winston is un. He's terrible. He's inexplicable. Yeah, he's terrible. He, he was the worst quarterback in the last five years in yeah. week one of this season. And him and that offense hung 55 on the Rams. It's the Bruce Arians effect. Unbelievable. Some, sometimes something good happens. Speaking of sometimes something good happens, sorry, no, but the okay. Chicago Bears <laughs> uh, lost Mitch Trubisky for at least the short term, and that puts Chase Daniel at quarterback. That makes them... Better. By far a better team, <laughs> yeah. and they beat the Minnesota Vikings sixteen to six. Yeah, you know it, it was. It's very funny. Like you know the 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 narrative last week that we were kind of talking about is you know it swung from week two. Is Mitch Trubisky the answer? Is Mitch Trubisky what we need to look for? What's going on with Mitch Trubisky? To week three, they beat Washington, the only team that might lose to the Miami Dolphins, and Mitch Trubisky's back. Mitch Trubisky's the hero of Chicago. Mitch Trubisky's the greatest quarterback in Bears history. And then Chase Daniels comes. Chase Daniel comes in and plays all right. Plays yeah. okay. And now the headline on the Chicago Sun Times is: What if Chase Daniel, not Mitch Trubisky, gives the Bears their best chance of winning the Super Bowl this year? He like really yes, does. He does. If if I was a Bears fan, if I gave, if I wanted the Bears to be better, I would be uh, crying on the footsteps of Hollis Hall, saying, "Please, 
please, please start, don't put Mitch Trubisky back in Please this game. don't bring no. Mitch Trubisky back. Let him heal. Have him Make him have surgery. Let Chase run the offense. Because what we saw in this game is that Chase understands where to throw the ball before the snap. Is he's able to look over the defense and recognize, okay, they're in, they're in cover three. They're in cover six. They're in whatever. They're bringing pressure off the left edge. They're bringing pressure off the right side. He knows what's happening before the play. He knows where to get the ball to. He does it quickly. He does it on time. He knows what he doesn't overthrow his guys by 15 yards every time. He has weaknesses. I've heard a rumor that he can throw to his left. What? Oh my god. Oh my god. That's not how we play football here in He House can Hall. throw the bound the He can throw the ball to the boundary? Where? Are you kidding me? Yeah. No way. And like you're talking about a guy in Chase Daniel who has such like a, a limited skill set. He started four games NFL quarter, in nine as, years. as an NFL quarterback. Like his skill set is so minimal. Yeah. But it's just enough to put him on an NFL roster. Yeah. I mean And it's, that it's, makes him an upgrade. He's it's, an, it's almost scary. Yeah. He's a noodle for an arm. He doesn't have anywhere near the arm strength that Mr. Nope. has. He has none of the athletic system. But what he does have is the ability to understand what's going on in front of him and to quarterback a team you know to 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 lead an offense on the field and be kind of a second coach on the field like a quarterback is almost supposed to be yeah and you know when you're when your quarterback is is not good enough to the point that uh your coach is talking about how you know we need to we need to trim things back and just play fast and not think yeah, you can let your hair down a little bit with, with Chase Daniel. Man. He's going to understand a few more things. Yeah, you can uh, open so, you yeah. can open that up so much Watch more. Watch out, the Bears are the Bears are now they're dangerous. It's too bad, <laughs> really. Yeah, it sucks that the Bears are good now. Uh, Jacksonville defeats Denver twenty six to twenty four. Gardner Minshew's uh, rookie legend continues to grow. Um, this guy he's is incredible. He's not only incredible, but he is. Um, he is one of those rare guys who is very much aware of how people talk about him mm-hmm. and very much aware of how to keep himself yeah. on people's tongues and be as a part of like a national conversation yeah. despite just sort of being the backup quarterback at Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a, you know, he's, he's got a, he's got a, a skill set very well suited yeah. to, uh, to be in, in a, to be the scrappy underdog. Yeah. It's <laughs> so fun. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun and they're winning. He's, yeah, he's leading them he's looking to, good. to victories. Uh, New Orleans beats uh, Dallas. Teddy Bridgewater just five yard check down the Dallas Cowboys to death, and the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Cincinnati Bengals twenty seven to three in the single most boring Monday night football game that I've ever seen. The Monday night calendar is just garbage this just year. Bad. It's bad, terrible. Uh, that is the week in the NFL. Uh, make sure to tune in next week as we'll talk about Packers Cowboys. It's America's game of the week. Um, okay. I, ju- I sure hope that Joe Buck doesn't just have to go do baseball playoffs and God step away because he's worse when he does baseball and he doesn't give a f- and football in the same week. Care about either of no, them? No, because he just gets sleepier. Yeah. God. Because <laughs> I don't hate Joe Buck. Like if if Joe Buck's calling a game post baseball, I don't dislike Joe Buck. I think he does an okay job, well, but. If but, it's in the baseball, yeah. oh my god! Yeah, he, I like baseball, and he really puts me off baseball. Yeah. Um, the thing about Buck is that like Buck made a real effort to improve his craft starting about four or five years ago. Yeah. And has become distinctly better as a broadcaster, but 
like that doesn't make him like particularly good. It just means that he's good enough to be on TV. Sure. Which is not where he was no. previous to that. And like the thing about Joe is that it seems do you remember uh there was a he was doing I think a Thursday night game where they had like lightning and weather, I think it was in Carolina. Mm-hmm. And uh they were they were like go, they had to go down to just the the wire camera and like the one top of the field uh robot shot because mm-hmm. the uh the cameramen who are union yeah. cannot be outside during lightning. Okay. Like that is not permitted. So like they had only two cameras to bring you the game. Yeah. The game was playing onward. But, you know, by union regulations, the cameraman couldn't come out and work. Yeah. Joe Buck talked about this more than he talked about the football oh game. Oh, my God. And just, like, he was just making sure that everyone knew how annoyed and inconvenienced he was to not have the camera angles to look at to be able to call the football game. Figure it out. Yeah. You don't need the camera try, angles. You know, try looking at the field. Like every pair of binoculars and look at the field, my friend. You know, as, as someone who, like, you know, I'm... I, Again, like I go out every Friday and some Saturdays now, and I grab a pair of binoculars and I watch teams run the flex bone. Yeah. And I somehow have to know who the ball carrier is out of the flex bone. Yeah. Well, what? Just like, you... just, just look at the game, please. Because it's just like, you know, if you're seeing a TV and you're thinking, why are these camera angles so bad? It's because of regulation. Yeah, oh and just like God. the distaste he's putting into his voice, it's just like it's, I don't care that you're inconvenienced, and it's not your well, job to tell me how inconvenienced it, you feel right now. It doesn't even. It doesn't just sound like I'm inconvenienced. It also sounds like I'm Joe Buck. I'm rich. I don't really love unions, so now I have a chance to speak on yeah. how much I don't like mm-hmm. the union. It had that, 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 union that component convincing me. So you, the American people, who are also being kind of inconvenienced by these camera angles, should also hate unions. Yeah. You know, there was there was that element of it as well. I didn't like any of it, <laughs> and frankly, um, the camera angles were fine. Yeah, no, they were probably great. It was probably you know, really cool. The thing about it is, is when when you are limited in one way of seeing the game, you maybe rely on another sense as a viewer. Like I don't know, the broadcaster who makes seven million dollars a year yeah, and says eight words a minute to tell me about what's happening yeah. on the field. God. Ah. <laughs> Uh, I should have never gotten into broadcasting because it's made me an arrogant fool who likes to tell sure. other people how to do their job correctly. Oh. Um, That's how it goes with everything. Yeah. Yeah, once you learn a little bit about it. Um, Friday night, tune in to globeradio.org as the Penn Kingsmen want to stay undefeated in conference play, and they're taking on a very, very serious challenger to that. The Northern Indiana Conference is loaded right now as they'll be taking on the New Prairie Cougars at New Prairie, out in the country, 7.30 Eastern time is our kickoff. Uh, they run the flex boat. I'm going to have my binoculars God, good luck. glued to my face. Good luck. Yep. Um, if, uh, you know, if the broadcaster doesn't know who has the ball, it's because the offense is designed around making sure that the defense, which is much closer than the broadcaster, doesn't has know who has no the ball. no idea. <laughs> yep. High school football, ladies and gentlemen, we love to see it. Uh, that's what I'm doing Friday night. And, uh, yeah, tune in. Uh, it's fun. We're having a good time doing uh, doing high school football. Cheesehead of the week. Oh no. Um, I, it's Aaron Rodgers. Okay, sure. I, I, the only other option for me, I think, would be would be Devonte Adams. 
Um, I think it would have been Jair Alexander had that fumble recovery counted mm-hmm. uh, for the third week in a row, but I think this week it's Aaron Rodgers. 422 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Eh. Um, but uh, well, on their on their sixth straight pass from first yeah, down, yeah, uh, with some bad play calling and a a, yep. a play that maybe also should have been reviewed for pass interference for the defender a lot arriving uh, much too soon. You know uh, what? After all the nonsense with pass interference, I was glad no one. Yeah, don't play with my emotions because it's not like they were going to overturn it. They weren't going to overturn it, but it, you know, if it, in a world where the the rule is treated how it's supposed to be treated, yep. it would have been looked at and overturned. It wasn't. Uh, I'd say Aaron Rodgers. Hey refs, quit playing games with my fragile heart. Yeah, stop doing it. Uh, this has been episode fifty of Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. A long one. Yeah, uh, we'll be back next week for Packers Cowboys discussion. Until then. <laughs> Stay cheesy, baby.